0: Welcome back to another episode of the Shift Drink Podcast. I'm Ed Rudisell, and um, we're kind of shifting gears a little bit again this week. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, we talked with Pete Schmutter, uh from Leviathan, and, and um, today we're talking pastry again, but not quite pastry, um, but definitely confection. And... Um, a very old friend actually i was there when she started the company or around when she started the company uh please welcome to the show carrie abbott from newfangled confections
1: is this where you insert applause Yay!
0: <laughs> yeah i can uh, brad can we add applause no we haven't gotten sound effects yet i need them
1: okay that intro music though for real i cannot wait to hear that <laughs> and then Good
0: to hear your voice then
1: of it our interview together i mean why not it's amazing it's amazing. You
0: know, you've done amazing things with your company, but I, I, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. That's why I wanted to have you on the show because there's a lot of really kick-ass like candy makers out there. And, um, and I'm not saying you're just, you're just any other cool, cool candy maker, but like, I'm not sure that I've seen anybody put the kind of hustle into their company the way that you have in, in a thoughtful way. um, analyzing every single little detail of the logistical process because killing up a company like yours takes a lot of forethought because I mean, one penny cost difference, you know, on one thing multiplied times one inch squares, you know, could add up really quickly. And so, um, before we get started, I guess into the deep stuff, I, I'll let you explain what Newfangled Confections does and um, and your flagship product, the Frittle, which is my favorite candy on the planet. I, I never can pass a box and not buy it. And now you're like in in the markets and everything. I used to have to call you direct and go pick them up. Now I can just get them whenever I want.
1: used to have to, we used to meet in parking lots and stuff. And now you can just walk into a store. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a peanut butter confection, Frittle. And as you know, other people wouldn't. But back in 2010, probably 2011, we were, you know, when we first met in the food scene in Indianapolis, Um, it was just something I've always kind of considered. I love service, food service, been in hospitality 30 years. But there was just something about the idea of building a product, something that you could replicate. And I didn't know until now, years later, with this company, that it's actually the engineering process of the candy. So we can, of course, talk about that later. But it's a sweet candy company um, based in Indianapolis, Indiana. And our product is nationwide. And we recently acquired a small chocolate company. So we're learning the you know, learning the trade in a whole new way. So,
0: yeah, I thought that was real cool that you kind of picked up that chocolate company because it's a local place that's been around for a really long time. And obviously coronavirus has not helped anybody in any way, shape or form. And for that to kind of stay in existence and also like under your leadership, that's really cool that, you know, we were able to salvage, you know, a business that could have potentially been gone forever.
1: Salvage is so right. Yeah. Gosh. I I was just like, how do we weave this in? Because that was just a bit, it's a big part of the story in terms of, I actually think it saved us last year in 2020. Actually I know it did because I just applied for the PPP too. And um, if we're just diving into it, I did not qualify. Um, because each quarter we actually showed a gain. And so um, I guess that would be good news. Um, the bad news is, and you know this from restaurant industry, it was like at three times the labor, you know, fourth quarter, everyone's in overtime. We're not bringing in seasonal help to cut down on germs. So I'm not complaining. I'm like super grateful for everything. You know that. That's the way I roll. But yeah, so best chocolate in town is the company. So that whole line of products definitely saved us financially in 2010. So I'm super grateful for that. Um, I just didn't realize. I I just didn't realize the amount of work. And I try to look at this as the, the huge silver lining is for us. Thank goodness the city wasn't open. I guess don't mistake in this comment as like it was so amazing. And sorry, restaurants, it was like, I, I just got like this whole new peak of what this could be for restaurants, what this could be for a new model startup or a new, we'll say food related takeout or to go kind of thing. This was just, this is only a glimpse of not just for my company, cause I think we'll be fine, but for a lot of innovative, small food companies.
0: Yeah, I see a lot of young chefs uh, locally and and, um, and a couple of other markets kind of making some moves and, and doing exactly that, scaling down really hard, doing lots of pop-ups. We've seen that all over the country, and uh, I hope it leads to some really cool things. I mean, at the end of the day, what happened is guys like me closed their restaurants and laid them off, and they've got to find somewhere to stay in the business. And uh, right now, the way to do that is to do it for yourself. Um, it's going to be an uphill battle, but... You know, for sure, I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunities out there, you know.
1: First, people who listen to you and your podcast.
0: Just my mom. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. And Carrie. <laughs> Hi, mom. It's actually funny because I haven't met yeah, your that's mom. Right. You
0: do know my mother <laughs> from all those Christmas brunches. But, you
1: know, I know you like you're so you go so hard on food and beverage industry, especially beverage. And, of course, the restaurants. And I realize, that, I mean, I don't realize fully, but I know that this is a process for you. And you have spoken so candidly about this, and but also, you know, I would not let. You know, it sounds like other people may have said, and maybe I actually did say this once outside of your presence. So I'll admit it. But just like, wow, Ed is just like there is just like no hope. There's like you have reached some points and some articles and interviews, but I do want to point out something that's really impressive that you've done is. You when you said um, in one of your recent articles that you are going to continue to do every interview, everything that people ask of you, you're going to continue to do that. And anyone reaching out at this point, they know exactly what they're going to get from you. And secondly, and I don't think this was hidden in one of the articles, but is when you had mentioned how tough it was for you with having to lay off people or downsize people when you told them they would never be never be in that situation. And I hadn't really heard that side. I only heard like the mechanics of what you know to be in the industry or what happened. And you speak on behalf of a lot of, you know, drink experts and food experts that you know throughout the country. And when I got that little, it wasn't a glimpse because I already know you. But when I got that, I guess human side of what really happens inside of a business, it really, uh, it just, it really stuck with me. I mean, of course, I know you're that person, but it just really stuck with me. That that's also part of your voice, of what you're doing in your podcast, is reaching out to either new or young or super old or depressed, can't get out of the industry, that kind of thing. You're, it's for me, it's all around the people,
0: and so anyway, so no, I mean you're right, and and I don't harp on those because you know when you do these interviews with magazines and all this, you get limited time and so you have to just cut straight through to the point of what you want to get across and very often it's like all of the the numbers and how the government's not helping and all these things and uh you know it's when you talk about the personal side i mean it is personal it's super personal in fact today i just i talked to my staff at uh, our thai restaurant about doing a family photo in the next couple weeks i'm actually gonna see if adam ramsey would like to do that uh for us but um all but i don't mean family like I mean, you know, I don't have kids or any of that, but i meant literally the restaurant. So like bring in, because everybody that's on staff right now, my dishwashers, my line cooks, my one guy in the front, um, we have been there almost now one year of lockdown, of not having dine-in, everything changed, had to pivot, all that. And it's like over that last year, we've become more family than we've ever been. And you know, having to go through that with Esteban and, and you know, my other chefs as well. It's like, it it definitely brought us, closer, but it's definitely an emotional aspect of it that's really hard to talk about with journalists. You don't usually get an opportunity for a long form, but on top of that, you know, it's just, it's, it's personal. And when I say like, I don't know, like, you know, how much Esteban means to me, you know, how much Micah means to me, but you know, when you just throw those names at people like, Oh yeah, isn't that the chef at blah, 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 blah. And we just kind of become this impersonal um, job, you know, Oh, he's the chef. at exercise.
1: Well, I task you, I task you make it personal, make it personal. I mean, you know what you've done and uh, those around you do. Well, when you're talking about chef creators, but some co-founders, but not s- some art founders. I mean, where did they get their start? How did they get their start? So unfortunately, your name isn't going to pop up in every article and every...
0: You know, yeah, please. <laughs> not. My, I don't need that. But, you know, that's funny that you're going to segue us right back to the beginning of Newfangled confections, which originally was not called new Fingles Confections, right? I mean, you started off with one product and one product only,
1: yeah, I didn't have vision. I didn't have long term vision,
0: you know, but you but you did in a way because you you definitely made sure that um that you were prepared to scale up because as a candy maker, that is not a company that can stay tiny little small because then you're just going to be selling at farmers' markets forever. You know, you but you were doing everything by yourself though. and I kept telling you like, no, branch out. But now you've got an army, you've got this amazing stuff. But when you went into this, did like, if you said you didn't have a vision, but you had some sort of a plan and what was in 2010, 10 years ago, you wanted to be a candy maker. What was, what led to that? we just Willy Wonka. Did you want to build this like candy empire, but do everything yourself? Cause I went to your, your very first shop, you know, and it felt like being in a, like Willy Wonka's factory. There's this candy lying everywhere. And, It was fun. It smells amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, multisensory. I love all that. I love textures and multisensory. So, I mean, confections kind of make sense for that. The root of it is hospitality. And prior the job, so I've always been in hospitality, but just prior to the candy company, I had a catering company that I was doing, you know, part-time plus. I, I had two small kids at the time. But with that, I realized... It's hard to pack a truck.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> catering is a rough gig.
1: It is a rough gig. So, you know, you get your chef um, doing the savory stuff, and I did the sweet and pastry stuff, the logistics of a show and getting all there. And it's like all the work in catering is actually done before. At service, it's just a party. And so, um, you know, and then creating more sweets. And at that time, Desserts weren't real, you could do desserts kind of vague. They had just started sort of the dessert bar selections. And I had created like this peanut butter chocolate dessert and had um, too much left over one time, packaged it up, and it was like a light bulb went off. And I was like, hmm, just sort of that customer interaction that here's just something that they loved. It reminded them of being younger, like, oh, what is that? Like everything reminds us of something, right? And with candy, especially peanut butter for me, but with candy, it all reminded them of just a simpler, lighter, better time. And there was something about like the the shelf life, the packaging, the everything was attractive and opposite of catering. And so that's just kind of where I went.
0: And so here's where I really think that, and again, I know that we're very beverage focused here. It's called shift drink, but where it really comes into play. And I, I want distillers out there paying attention and, and anybody that's in a rush to bring a product to market, you know, um, don't do it the right way. And, and you're a perfect example of that because I got to be the recipient of all your taste testing, um, which everybody always jokes around about They're like, Oh, I wish I could do that. I'm like, I actually got to do it. I tasted lots of iterations and, give re- and gave real feedback, which was very fun to be like, this was too crunchy. This didn't have enough peanuts. but like, You, gosh, how long did you test that? That's that one little confection, you know, it was like a year and a half before you even really released it to anybody. If I can remember. Well,
1: I just didn't believe in the product yet. I, I guess I just needed more. I don't know how to explain it. And it's, it's like, I need more validation of the product in your heart. When you're making a drink or, you know, you're developing your own product, you know, it's good. I knew it was good. But I think I needed other people to kind of buy in on the idea to push me into the same, you know, to push me into the next step. And, you know, a lot of people have that fear of failure. I 100% have fear of success. And because it's like, well, if I do this, then who might I let down down the road if I put it out there, but then I don't have enough or I'm doing it right now. Supply supply chain. Um, issues with packaging and certain things. There's a certain look that some of our candies have, and I don't, I can't get any of them until end of March. So you know, we just have to kind of shift in that way. Ooh, shift drink. This is you changing your mind.
0: This shift. is just that's shift. That's right. We are shifting. This is shift. Uh, well, we are kind of. I mean, we're we're launching a subset show on music. So I guess that was that's my big shift for twenty twenty one. A four forty. But yeah, it's going to be fun. We're actually getting the inaugural episode ready. But yeah, during that process, um, you definitely grew. So you went from catering to you've got a peanut butter thing that feels nostalgic, which I completely agree with. And and I'm not exaggerating. You've seen me devour whole bags of this stuff, and that's probably not recommended if you're you know shouldn't be consuming sugar. But it's kind. I mean, I'll let you describe friddle, and then I'll tell you if I think you're right.
1: <laughs> uh, it's. They're just little squares of candy. The name is made from fudge and brittle, frittle, But I kind of describe it as like your favorite peanut butter fudge that you grew up with. But it's just made in a way that it's just the stage before brittle, but it won't break your teeth. Yeah. It's just like a very crunchy peanut butter fudge, you know, like a crispy fudge. Did I get
0: it? Yeah, it is. It's hard to explain to people, and I always tell everybody, like, just get a bag because you'll love it. But yeah, I I don't like eating hard candies whatsoever because um I've had too much dental work that I don't want to have done again.
1: It's kind of in that Butterfinger Center family.
0: That's what, it, but it's more than that. It's not like flaky like the Butterfinger, but it's and it's a little bit crunchier. But it's got the peanut butter flavor, and I mean it's it's a truly unique product. Which is very difficult to do.
1: It is super difficult to do. I, I mean, if I may say so myself, for a handmade candy, it's pretty consistent and it is the best way we can do it without half million dollar equipment or higher than half million.
0: Yeah. I do remember, you know, you're talking about a lot of commercial um, candy bars and those sorts of things. Obviously, that was kind of part of your research before you launched the company. When, I mean, how did you go about checking out the competition? I mean, the competition's owned by, you know, giants like Nestle and Hershey and, here you are like with a 200 square foot ch- kitchen trying to figure out how to, how to make candy and, and get shelf placement. I mean, how do you kind of do market research? And I, it just seems to be like a daunting task that where do you start?
1: I don't, I mean, it's, I don't want to sound cliche, but like, it is definitely just that one foot in front of the other, because I didn't, I mean, I didn't start out thinking this was going to be this huge candy empire. I mean, it's not yet, but you know what I'm trying to say? I, I just didn't. Start that way. I just wanted Frittle to be the same no matter where you bought it. It took about five years to get in front of any national accounts. But this is what I would say for anyone starting their own product. Just assume it's going to be successful. What are you going to do when they want to reorder? Like you don't want Walmart as your first account, not your first account. Like There's mistakes to make along the way. I mean, I'll just tell you, there's mistakes to make along the way.
0: Yeah. We see a lot of kind of bartenders that are like, I guess, dipping their toe into like ready to drinks and all these things that we've had to pivot towards in 2021 or 2020 and now in 21, but like, you know, ready to drinks or, um, you know, we're seeing tons of books and all these other, like, everybody's just trying to figure out how can you sell something? Because what we did as far as service is very limited at the moment. And, you know, like we're looking to entrepreneurs like you that have the experience and and yeah, I mean, you're gonna make mistakes, but you know, what, what kind of mistakes are, are people, because I mean, I can't, I'm guilty as well. We've thought about, you know, doing a line of peanut sauce or chili sauce or, you know, all these things that we could do from our Thai place. And it, but it's it's a very daunting kind of prospect to look down the road and like, where do you start? Like. How do you get the meetings? How do you get the packaging? How do you, you know, maintain consistency? And in the beginning, that was only one person. <laughs> you know, you're handling all that, and you were working constantly with two kids and a husband, and all these things you had to take care of, and a catering business that we were simultaneously doing at that time in the beginning. Um, you know, but you you punch through to a point where you know you're nationally available. Um, and how big is your team now? The team
1: now we have a couple dozen. However, we have contractors outside people, and that's that's fine. I think for exactly where we are, um, Frittle has a year shelf life on it when it's you know when you buy it fresh from when it's made, so that buys us a little bit of
0: time. No one's letting that sit there for a year.
1: <laughs> well, it's weird. The national market is so weird. I used to be so excited about a national account. By the way, if a national account is listening, of course I'm excited about you, but. Um, In the beginning, I just wanted like, oh, my gosh, we're in 30 Kroger stores. That's amazing, right? And it was because I had my eyes all the way to the making, the packaging, delivering. And it sounds like, oh, that's too much work. It was more like, no, now I know for sure it got there. And I know the dates were right. I know that it was shelved right. It was that sort of thing. But I had to put myself above that process. Like, no, you really need to be in like 100 accounts, 200 accounts, 300 accounts. We had a couple of chains that put us in over a thousand stores. And there is a certain time period that passes where I'm like, I hope that hurry up. It, it sells because I realize it's just growing on the shelf. And so with um, people making and I, I promise I'll we'll do that, too. But back to your sauces, you totally should do it. We're going to have a different conversation about that. You do not have to make it perfect. You're a local restaurant. Get it out there because everybody listening who's ever been at your restaurant.
0: We may just start kind of doing it for ourselves and, and do a little bit of grocery. But I mean, it's so you're right. I mean, you at some point and that's that's part of, I guess, running anything or managing anything. At some point, you've got to take a step back and have people help you out to do that. But that takes a lot of trust to be able to put in, especially if you're in other states and things like that.
1: It's so much trust. And I, you know, back to the people. I have a couple of key people, Um, one person, especially in administration, you have got to be willing to hire out the stuff you can't do and say you can't afford it. Well, you can at least save up for an accounting bill or a marketing bill or, um, you know, your small business attorney. You have to save for those three things at least, you know, to get you going because just because you can run QuickBooks, it doesn't mean you should. It just took you 40 hours. And so if you can, you know, find that person who lives and breathes numbers in black and white, and they're not part of your innovation team. Like there are, there are plenty of people out there in small business who are looking for and loving to be involved in just something kind of cool that's happening. And they just, they have the skills for it. So part of the trust, it starts within your own team is what should you be hiring out? You know? And sure, it's small business. Everybody does everything, but like only to a certain point, you know, if that's their expertise, if that's their lane, just keep them in it, guide it a little, but get the heck out of the way. Let them do it.
0: Right. I think that speaks to what you were saying earlier about, you know, you've got to be planned for the success in the future. Um, because it'll, it'll catch up on you quickly. Um, I, I didn't mean to interrupt your thought there. You were talking about, you know, not, you're making some mistakes along the way, but not wanting to have that uh, thousand account, um, you know, contract right in the beginning, you know, because you've got this ramping up stage and, and you, I mean, how, what, how long do you consider your, the stage? And I know that we never feel that it's it's done, but like before you really had an idea of what you were doing, um, because I think that's the daunting task, right? Is like, we all feel like a fraud and we all feel like we don't know what we're doing and we're just faking it all the time. Maybe not all of us, maybe just those of us on Xanax and all these other things. Yeah. I
1: have no idea what you're um, saying.
0: But, <laughs> you know, it just before you really like, okay, we figured this out. I think we've got a system here. It's not perfect. We'll make mistakes, but we're, we're close. You know, we've got a, a way to get a path forward. I
1: mean, especially just so many people who really have so much respect for you know, the value that your podcast gives them, it really is just, it just comes down to grace on yourself. You know, like you woke up, you did such a good thing. You have some people employed and you're implementing their ideas. You're implementing your ideas. You're leaving the experts to do it. You're getting out of the way, maybe more and more. Um, And then the next day you do it again and people still show up in whatever way they can on your team side, on your customer side, I mean, so it's just like a mistake. Uh, I I fail every day, by the way. I mean, every day I fail. And so it's just, I just have to be like a little bit lighter on myself, you know, the next day. Otherwise, I actually start to think it's all about me. I'm like, well, what about all these people who believed in this too? You know, customers, suppliers, suppliers are like like one of my favorites, you know, and we really don't talk about them a lot, but that's just for me. Um, And then, of course, your team. And so, I mean, in food and beverage, you talk like we all talk about sort of like our biggest fans. What if we actually always listen to them? You know, forget about the critics. I don't really care about that. But like, you know why? The Just side note, the critics, they're actually saying something that I believe. I just don't (laughs) want to hear it. You know, they're like, but, but back to the grace thing. This is how I started handling the critics. They're like, oh my gosh, this was so hard. I think there was a hole in the bag. And I'm like, I bet it was. Yeah, that sounds like a really bad experience. And I'm not trying to be like snarky, but I actually believe them. You can't be everywhere. You're not with like every single noodle, every single ice cube, every single lime that gets cut. There's a bug in that. Oh, shoot. I'd hate a bug in that. What kind of bug was it? I mean, like, that's, that's just kind of what I mean by the grace. It's like, the critics are there. I can't let that one, because perfectionists and people who are really good at products and service, um, we all are And the, the perfectionist is part of like how we really get down on ourselves. It's the, that fraud syndrome, you know, that everyone has, everyone has that. It's, it's just sort of like, I started listening to the critics different. Like, is there any, it's not me, Carrie Abbott didn't develop it, but like, is there any validity to what they're saying? And if it's true, then I have to put in check like, ugh, I hate that too. You know, and then I just call it what it is, and then I move on. Because me sitting in that space just doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help any email I'm about to fire out or a text or picture of competition, because that happens too. Just it just it just doesn't serve me, you know?
0: Well, I can tell you the one thing that has served you well is your kind of positivity and i'm sure that you know and now that we're a few minutes into this people have picked up on that but your the way your management style and um your inquisitiveness about everything your fearlessness and inquisitiveness i guess <laughs> thinking of like the uh the spanish inquisition on monty python like those are the three and inquisitiveness hold on those are the four tools um, but, um, you know, you're, it, it all goes hand in hand, right? Like you're, you're come to everything with like, wow, this is amazing. Like, I mean, and it makes you fun to be around. And so that's certainly your charisma is going to pull in like, curiosity. People, what is this? Why is this lady so excited about these little peanut butter squares? Um but then also like on the business side of it, you know, just this endless curiosity and inquisitiveness like how does that work? Why does it work that way? Why didn't you do it this way? Have you ever thought about doing it that way? And like wa- being fearless enough to like walk up to fucking, you know, whoever, Bill Gates and ask him that. Like I mean, I've heard you just walk up to people, these big wigs and you know like excuse me, I have a question for you. Like <laughs> Why did you do it that way? And, you know, it's something that I think we can all take a note from from newfangled confections in that regard. And I always have been jealous of your ability to do that because I'm not that person that is, like, jumping on the phone to ask questions and, like, this is amazing. I'm going to go – I'll drive there and I'll be there five minutes later and please show me all of the accounting or whatever, you know, like, it doesn't even matter, like all the way down to that. I remember you, you and I had lots of questions about accounting and those things in the beginning. And it's like, it's not interesting stuff. I don't know where you get your energy and your positivity from, but you know, it's just something that I've always, um, you know, I've always expected from you after, you know, meeting you the first few times. Hell, I think that my first meeting with Micah, when we talked business, I, didn't you arrange that meeting? Oh my gosh, did I get credit <laughs> we,
1: for that? I, I did.
0: I think you arranged the meeting that, that turned into Black Market. That's right.
1: Wow. Yeah. You remember that, Carrie? And that's, you know what? I love that you say that because I've never looked back one time. I've never looked and thought, I did that ever. Like you saying it is brand new news from then. And it doesn't mean it's like some wide eyed rose colored glasses. Can I just say, by the way, someone told me to take off my rose colored glasses one time. See?
0: There you go. <laughs> but that's just... perfect. Yeah. Are they running a, but it's, a, a not, internationally it's not known it's... candy company. No.
1: Exactly. But it's, I think it's, Um. I think a lot of, it's like, who are you talking to? Like, what's your delivery? What are you trying to get out of this conversation? What do you need to be imparting? And um, and that is like the enthusiasm I take into each one. I guess in kindergarten, I had like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, would have been cool if I said a candy maker, but... Oh, I, I was going
0: to say, please tell me it's a candy I maker. I didn't.
1: I um, didn't. But I said a teacher. And probably because I had a lot of cool teachers around me. I just, I really lucked out. I had great teachers around me. And, um, but I... Looking back, I really think that I am, you know, a teacher. I think that we all are being teachers and it's not, some people don't want to bear that responsibility and it's okay because it it may not be, I'm going to just pick on you, Ed, may not be your time right now to um, maybe you're starting it with your family photo and you don't have to know, nor do you want to know the in and out of everybody, everybody's lives that work with you. But it sure would be interesting to know if one person could do this other job better. You know what I mean? Or should they be at the door instead of in the kitchen? It's just like moving all those seats. And I don't mean just at the one restaurant, um, but just really trying to kind of reverse engineer um, and get at the sort of why things happen. And the other thing is I delve in so deep on certain topics because I just want to move on, you know? but I don't want to regret.
0: Really, So your motivation is just to get past it. So you need to know every single detail. Efficiency.
1: Right. Yeah. E- yes. Efficiency. I do
0: love efficiency. And that's one thing that we've always shared. I, I just, I hate seeing wasted motion, wasted time. You but know, here's the and- thing.
1: You don't want to become that wasted motion. So we got to like chill out for a second. What's going on, you know, and don't get me wrong. I still go into those days of like, who is to blame here <laughs>
0: <laughs> further and further is we're just all shrinking our staffs back down again, except for you. But you know, we, it, there's fewer and fewer people to blame. So now it's like, well, I was like, you know, no, well, no, we're outside I mean. of season.
1: So I'm at bare minimum right now, the, the very bare minimum. And you know, you had that, um, you had a podcast, um, recently I'm trying to remember which one it was. It's that group out of Chicago that's doing the. Oh,
0: yeah, Thirst Group. Thirst Group. About the insurance. Right. Yeah. In terms. Would everybody, please, well, as an aside, go to thirstgroup.org. And it's very important. It helps to lend a voice to the uh, restaurant um, industry as we struggle through and ask the insurance industry to please pay out the claims that we believe we are owed. So, anyhow, sorry, that's our sidebar. But, you know, that's where I, I before we got it to talking today, I, I said I've become the miserable person um that when somebody now says hey how you doing it's not just the uh the midwestern like where you're supposed to be like oh fine i'm like i give the real answer like well i'm in the restaurant industry let me tell you how we're doing because you know i I think a lot of people out there don't know the reality of what's happening behind the scenes so i so i you just have to harp on it yeah
1: yeah one time this week when someone asks you that i'd like you to work in um, I'm sorry, did you mean like for real? How am I doing? Or just like, hey, how's okay. I have
0: said that a couple of times. Like, do you want the real answer? And they're like, uh 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 no. I don't know. No. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, they're already
0: down the block <laughs> and you're still you're minutes. still
1: talking and they're already down the block. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when I was listening to that, um, no, when I was listening to that, your experts on it was so good because um she had mentioned um like some people don't want to talk about the numbers totally got it, you know, cause they work hard for those numbers and who cares if you make $11 million and you have 12 million in expenses, you know? So it's just, it's just every single business, nonprofit product or service fits on one piece of paper. So that being out there, it's, um, it's just that like I'm in the confections industry chocolate. And so it is huge in the fourth quarter. Our goal is to be busy year round. So Christmas is pretty organic, and I appreciate all the support. Couldn't have come at a better time last year for sure. But we are going into the next three years, going for year round business, you know. And it's not just following events around the city. It's just really getting a name there. I mean, I'm still working on Frittle. Frittle is not a household name yet, and when it is, I don't even know if I will have uh, feel we'll say alive. Because the larger your brand gets, the, you know, you really do. There are st- seriously still a lot of problems around that, but um, but that was one of the original goals. So I'll say on that, the detour—not I mean understatement of the year with COVID—it still brought on something positive, which was an opportunity to learn something about chocolate. And um, in this type of chocolate, it won't ever scale like Frittle can. It will. Pro- it probably won't ever leave mid Indiana, just because it doesn't have the shelf life on it. But we sure can stay creative and stay, um, you know, stay up on things, and not as stressful, sitting in the friddle dollars, you know, if we I mean, they're not long ago, you know, that feeling of chasing Thursday revenue for Friday payroll. You know, I don't know anyone who really makes it or has made it on their own without experiencing that. So we'll just say all businesses have that version of it still. Um, but yeah.
0: So you've t- said you're still kind of working on Frittle. That's where you started this, but we've you've pivoted and now the company is called New Fingal Confection because you have brought all these other things kind of underwing you and the chocolate shop is fantastic. Is that kind of is it becoming an a creative outlet for everybody because I could see how you as, you know, the kind of CEO, the president, the founder um, of Newfangled Confections could you know get a little burned out of looking at you know squ- bags of squares after five or six years, and you know is that helping to scratch an itch of like product development and all the kind of fun things that you can't you know always do on your day to day life?
1: You know it is fun, so I only get hit with sort of like that flavor or visual creative um, need. Like, maybe just like a couple times a month, because I, I just, I'm living in so many other, wearing so many other hats. But the one that. It's because you've gone is down present, so many rabbit
0: holes, so you can just let it go. Like, <laughs> I have to know everything about Zoom before I can put it down.
1: Well, and I don't even, you think about like, well, why do I need all that information, you know? But if it wouldn't, if it stopped working out for us in terms of like, oh, that's why I need to know, I can tell you right now your best rate on mini dehydrated marshmallows are 21 cents an ounce. Why do I need to know that? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like I'm not in like, why am I converting grams to ounces? I swear it's for a completely legitimate reason. It's just sort of, um, but I, I, I'm interested in those things and I never, ever, ever want to learn more about dehydrated mini marshmallows like ever. And but I know that I made the best financial decision on one ingredient for one or two type of products and I'm done, you know, then you leave it off to your uh, purchaser, which sometimes is you, sometimes it's someone else and you won't question the bills coming in. You won't question the size. I mean, you happen to see it across the room. Maybe you will then, but why would you know to question it? Because you did the initial research. So do your research, but don't let it stop you from moving forward. And, you know, just definitely just taking it easy on yourself when you can. But also when you want to like crawl in a hole and in the corner and cry, you can do that too. Just set a time. Just set a time.
0: You you can be in the walk in crying, but you've got 10 minutes max. I mean, do you, you strike me as someone that's got um, kind of the five pillars of, you know, operating mantras for a, a business, you know, or kind of philosophies that you live by. Um, because you're very good about kind of going down and and subscribing, and like I said, and asking the best in the business how they do things and adopting things the right way through discovery and uh, trial and error. I, do you have kind of this this method that you have set out to like operate all aspects and uh, of your operation by? Um, you know, like you just said, you know, like always. What the hell? You I'm already flunking. I already, I forgot what you just said, but uh, you know, no, that's
1: okay. It's, it's not like a real, like, like, it's not like a real toolkit. You know, I have, I wrote them all down in all food service. I like dozens of jobs. I just have always loved working. And I, I, you know, I think about like, what's, this is a great exercise. And I think everybody should write down, especially if you're in food service, grab a whole notebook, but write down every place you've ever worked. And then just one takeaway, And that is like, it's so interesting to do because then you start to read just the takeaways and you don't have to be better this month or January or new year. It's just like, okay, did I learn anything from these collective takeaways? You may not have, and it may have actually gotten worse instead of better. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's not like philosophical really, Ed, but it's just kind of like, you think about your business or where you work, you know, a lot of your listeners work for other people. It's kind of like, am I adding value to my business, my people, or to my boss? Am I, am I making my boss look good all the time? That's a corporate takeaway. You know, corporate isn't all bad. Like let's go learn on their dime and then bring it back to our thing. You know, right?
0: I've I've long believed that, you know, and and Chris over at the Inferno room, he and I came up in the same way. We worked for Buffalo Wild Wings for a really long time. and We, uh, we've kind of had several um, applicants come into the restaurants over the years and kind of sheepishly really say, you know, like, I've never worked farm to table, but you know, I was working, I worked at Friday's for three years. I'm like, fantastic. Yeah. You're like, how much are those
1: wings for real? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly. You know, I'm like, you've been trained to do things in a very structured way. And so we can teach you which which of those things you can forget about here, and, but you know, and they kind of still have that built-in structure, and I, I absolutely love that. That's how I came about. I everything I know about the business, at least, um, as far as working on the floor, um, came from you know working at sports bars and kind of dealing with that corporate logistics of knowing all those numbers and doing with that every night. As an owner, it came to just being thrown to the wolves because, you know, I, and, and that's something that. I've been discussing privately with a lot of people because right now, like you said, um, we're about to see a big shift in the industry. Um, A lot of young guys out there are kind of like spring lock loaded. They, you know, some of them were really kind of hitting a stride in their careers and then everything shut down, you know, right as they kind of got to momentum. And so, you know, as some of those of us that have been in the business for, you know, a decade, decade and a half, you know, don't feel like opening new places and we're closing the ones we have because we can't afford them those guys are going to move in. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of like, just people picking my brain, you know, as they come in, like, Hey, well, if I wanted to open a place, like, th- would you do this? What do you think about this area? What about this building? And, you know, these sorts of things, a lot of them are friends. They're not just random people. Those people that I've worked with, you know, through the years. And, um, you know, it's bringing that experience to it, um, and kind of figuring out, I don't know just what that what that new wave is going to look like. And, I think using those philosophies that you're talking about um, is going to be really, really important because there are a lot of people out there looking for these and they need to be asking the questions um, so they can maybe not learn everything the hard way. Like I did, you know, I I always try to tell them like, please just just figure out right in the beginning, very certain things, you know, if you like, and I'm a firm believer in what you said, um, save the money up and get a proper bookkeeper or accountant. It's, will save your ass <laughs> the very first time you get audited you'll be glad that you did it you know
1: you have so many good nuggets in there i mean ed to to pass to other people and you don't have to be like oh sit down i'm the wise one but just ideas like and you can kind of see the mistakes happening in some new places that they don't even know yet it doesn't mean it's my job or your job to kill their dreams right i mean it's like i oh, Yeah, this sounds like you've got, you know, you've got a pretty good direction because remember people come to you and you have this long history um, of successful, you define it different than I do, but I would say you have this long history of successful restaurants and so people will come to you for advice and um, you just try to like assess like what is it, what kind of value can I add to them because obviously they're coming to you for a reason, you know. And, um, just give them what they need encourage, and move them along their way. They don't want to know the entire ins and outs of that. And they're too, like they're, they're too optimistic in that stage. And I just don't, I feel like as someone who's, um, grown up in business and definitely in hospitality, if it's like those entry, like, you know, unless you have a million dollars invested in their company, it's really, it's just like, it's really our job. If we are gainfully employed and you have people working for you um then it's really really important for us to encourage them and
0: yeah and that where it goes to back to you know you saying you know we kind of have a responsibility and i think that we have a responsibility to our cities you know um to if we want to enjoy where we live And we want it to look like what we want, you know, and that's what I've always joked over the years. I'm like, we, we just, we built these places because we thought the city needed them. We enjoyed them. We wish we had those things and we didn't. And so if no one else was going to do it, you know, you mold it in your own image. And now we have to be kind of working with some of these uh, young ones and, and in make sure they don't make some of the mistakes that we did, but so we can still have this fantastic city. I want to eat out, I, you know, and I understand that this is a really tricky time for especially young um, entrepreneurs out there. Um, it might be okay if you're just looking for a little bit of space because looks like real estate's going down a little bit, not too much. Um, but the um, the problem is, is that there is no real clear um, path forward yet because we don't really know what the other side of this looks like. Like like uh, if you listen to show, you listen to an interview with Southern and he calls it new earth. Like we've already left the old behind that's gone. We, we know that for sure. We just don't know what's on the other shore because we haven't gotten there yet. And so we're still on this journey and it's not going to snap back, you know. It's not going to look like what we left behind. We know that for sure. You know, too many changes have been made. Um, you know, a lot of things are going to change for the better. A lot of change, things are going to change for, for worse, and you know, but we don't know exactly um, how, or when, or for how long, or how dramatically any of those things are going to happen. So I, I, I don't envy anybody kind of moving forward right now because it's your. You're launching to an into an unknown even more so than you typically are as an entrepreneur. Um, there's really no precedence.
1: And I I maybe I should clarify and encourage. I don't mean like go do
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't don't I go mean, to business unless you're in like,
1: Yeah. They are coming to you. People will come to you for a reason and um and they're not going to, you know, live and die by our few words, but it means something to them because you have experience before them. That's all. But yeah, that's funny. Yeah. No, I, I have no idea what it is going to be either. And the the great relief, I don't got to figure it out tomorrow. I, mean, I have a whole different kind of responsibility tomorrow. Those little days adds up, add up. And then it's like, should I have plowed through seven seasons of whatever, you know, or Did I do that? Because I knew I needed to sit down and do this other thing. So I don't, you know, go hard on work every day. And only because I do have a family, it's made um, just more responsibilities. I mean, everybody has a family. But because of my amount of responsibilities, I just, um, outside of work, I just like cut it off at a certain time. And that time can look different for different people. Sometimes it's midnight. Then you can hang out with your spouse. It's a night out. And sometimes it's getting up at four and they have to do this other thing. But, um, but I have a flow of my day that works right for me. And so far, anyone who needs, if someone needs like a contact or a network and I have it, it doesn't cost me anything. You know, it's not up to me to decide. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to justify my positivity.
0: well, But that's the part of it that, that has always, um, I think drawn people to you and it's, you know, part of that kind of your charisma, but it's, it pays off, you know, it, it feels genuine, right? Like, I mean, when you look at a bag of your, of your confections and candies, I mean, it, and you meet you, it's impossible to not have a 10 minute conversation and feel your energy about it. And, you know, I mean, you, you could totally get up and do seminars and like, A holiday in and teaching positivity or positivity in launching a business, you know, you know, with all those extra hours you have in your day, maybe that's well, and And, and uh, I
1: (laughs) I look forward to, we'll do another version of this down the road where we can delve into everything that's difficult. And I hate to do this right at the end here for you, but I mean, I've, I feel like you've already covered it all. So it doesn't need to necessarily come from me, but everything that people experience with like downsizing and having to make, um, very difficult decisions insurance all those sort of things that are entailed in um in payroll and insurance and rent and um i remember you were talking about towel service one time and just like every single little thing that's involved in a product or a service um you know i mean all those challenges are there and if i didn't have it this time around i had it where in a way it's even harder when you're just starting. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I, I can see how I, from what you are showing us, from what you're allowing us to see of you, I can see how hard this was because of all your blood, sweat and tears put into it. But we, I don't know what that feels like. If someone was like one year in and then this happened in this way, like, I don't know that devastation. I don't, we don't know if two year Ed could have, Handled that or for you?
0: Oh no way! Yeah, I mean, some of those places that have opened in the last couple of years feel so bad for what everybody's you know gone through. We're already you know on the hook for so much. And
1: you know, Ed, we're not exactly our brand always. Like, I don't mind it being a baby, but when I can bring myself to watch Shark Tank, and that's a whole different story because it involves investment, what you have to give over. But anyway, and I, I like feel competitive with Shark Tank too. I'm like, I could have done that, but um. I know people can resonate with that, but anyway, when I can bring myself to watch it, it's kind of like um, I, I'm losing my thought there.
0: But it's did you did you seek that avenue that I've been recommending for the last decade? <laughs> I've been telling you you need to move to a legal cannabis state because I
1: haven't. And it's,
0: and although it's, it would be dangerous, you have to only put like one gram, one milligram of THC in each square because it is impossible to portion control friddle. It's impossible. You're, you're, if you went in and they were like, and they were like twenty-five milligrams of THC in each frittle, you'd be screwed because you're gonna have like two thousand milligrams in you within half an hour because you can't stop eating them. I
1: know edibles have gotten pretty good from what I hear. They've um,
0: yeah. so Mindy Siegel has as we're working with Cresco Labs in um, in Illinois, and I mean she's like the first James Beard. I think she's a winner at uh, Mindy's Hot Chocolate. That's actually branched off and started like hard in the uh, in the edibles market, but it's getting quite competitive. I think that if you would have done it when I told you to go into Colorado, you'd be an industry.
1: I know you had it all worked (laughs) out. You had it all worked out. See, you were really the big picture. If we had someone in the middle like who would actually execute,
0: and if we weren't here, you know, if we would have had legal cannabis here, we would I would have pushed you. If we would have gotten it done. But, yeah, unfortunately, we'd, we would have had to move. But, yeah, there's a, a quick way to lose a thought right there, just uh, eat a whole bag of infused frittle. I'm telling you, one of the, if they legalize here, I want you to make just a special batch just for me, me and the wife, <laughs> even more important for her. Um, if, if you had, as we wrap up, and, you know, and often we've kind of said hangover cures and all these things, but because I find you um, and your kind of management style um, so positive and impactful it, are do you have a couple of tips for people out there that are thinking about whether not even necessarily a product but like kind of get launching their own businesses here because that's uh we're in a, a, you know January um towards the end of january um actually it's important note today is an inauguration day um by when this posts we will be a couple hours away, and so I know a lot of people have gotten you know all these dreams and imagined or um you know uh, like uh, imagined positive moves that we've gotten who knows what you know this hope for 2021 and and within that a lot of people are like ideas for product launches or you know their new pop-up or their new bar. I mean, do you have a couple piece of pieces of advice um or kind of you know I said in the beginning, like a mantra, you know. I, I could, I definitely could see you. Like, here's my five things, and this is, you know, when you give your seminars in the Holiday Inn, that's going to be like the first slide.
1: <laughs> Can I steal from Stuart? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm good enough. I'm, I don't know. I mean, I guess like surrounding so, yourself with the right people. It's such a lonely entrepreneur. Such a lonely path. So. Maybe not too many people, but I don't, I guess it would depend on the industry, but just people getting started who want to, um, if you're an innovator, just stay in that role, like just grab those things that you're the best at. Try to stay focused every now and then. And in the beginning you have to do all of it. Um, and it's definitely one of those, you know how people say, like some people say this, you cannot believe like all the bad things, you know what I mean? You can't believe all the worst critics and the worst things. But then the one I love is that you also, you can't take too seriously all the highest praise in the world. I mean, I'll take yours. That's fine. But, um, you know, because I think it doesn't, it doesn't keep you level, you know? So I hate the word work-life balance. It's just called balance. That's all it is, people. Um, so it's like, what is going to find you that balance? Is it, um, you know, we just talked about it today, but is it um, boundaries on how much time you're going to put into your business? Because honestly, you do become more efficient if you cut it off at some point. Is it, do you actually, do you need to go hard after money? Okay, well, work that other thing that's super expensive that you hate and then don't spend a dime on anything else except for restaurants. And then save it up until you do it. Don't just like, you can't just throw in the towel without a plan. You know what I mean? You do have to have a rough plan. Listen to the experts. So what? They don't get your entire vision. Like, it's like when you reflect back on the one year at, at, or one whole job, what was your takeaway? It's like, okay, well, you're the one that asked for help. You went to Ed and he, you know, did you have some kind of takeaway? And then tuck that in the, in you know, tuck that in your back pocket But it's just sort of like learning small steps along the way, be realistic. But I mean, if it is a dream, like you can't say it's going to happen right away or next year, but just kind of trying to stay focused. And you really don't want to be that story where it looks like something just fell in your lap because it doesn't is all hard work. And it doesn't mean you have to like dramatically work hard. Like, I just got in. Like no one wants to hear that either. It's just like, just stay steady, ask for help when you need it, accept help, um, figure out a loose financial structure. Don't let any of it um, become overwhelming.
0: Um, I'm violating all of your rules still. (laughs) My biggest one lately has been working myself to the point of burnout where I'm becoming inefficient and I can see it but I can't do anything about it. You know, like right now I just, we've just got to get through to the next few months. And I, you know, I think everything's gonna ease up a little bit when hopefully, you know, uh, warm weather comes and we can kind of get back to a little bit of business, but it's, I'm like looking at all the things that I'm like, I will never do this, 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 this. I don't want to get burned out. I don't want to feel like, um, you know, like it's a job. Um, And lately it has very much felt like a job and um, I noticed that because I feel these days like I did at my last actual job where I'm like, ah, I got to go to work. I'm like, work? Wait a minute. That's my place. It's not work. It's, you know, because like you said, I love that, you know, that it's just balance. Yeah. Because for me, my balance is skewed very hard on the business side. Um, we don't have kids, anything like that. And so like really the restaurants are our family and really are our life. And so it's like really 85% work, 15%, you know, at home, but it's all like you said, it's all the same thing. You know, it's just my life. You know, there's no separation. And, and, um, and as, as an entrepreneur, I'm mean, that you, it, you know, it's, it's so integrated. I know that's so cliche. They always say like, find the but your right career and your, or what you love and you'll never work a day in your life, which is total bullshit. You're going to work your ass off, but it'll be so integrated into the fabric of your life that you won't be able to draw the line between, you know, one and the other. Um, right. And
1: it, but I mean, are you going to work till you're 99? And if you say yes, that's okay. Well, that's that's exactly it. That's okay. But so now, Ed, pace yourself. You're going to be working till you're 99.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to be doing this till I'm 99. That's for sure. I don't know what it'll be. There's no way I can just stop. I mean, I, even if you look at all the vacations I've taken over the last decade, like, they are meetings like you land and you're like all right well here's my list of bars that i want to hit tonight here's my list of restaurants i mean it's literally like drop your shit off and move 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 you know and i have a lot of friends and family that with every ideal vacation is going to a beach and just lying there for a week and then coming back and I'm like but you didn't do anything you know you didn't get anything accomplished and so i, I try to find a, a you know some balance of that um when I go to a place, you know, I'll spend a few hours in a bar and kind of chat with bartenders and make friends around the world. But you know, I'm not like one drinking out trying to knock out 30 bars in a night, but, uh, but by the same token, they're not relaxing vacation. So they're definitely go, go, go. Cause I'm a go, go, go person. Unfortunately, my body is starting to catch up with that.
1: I know you said an old friend in the beginning. You said an old friend. I, know,
0: I, did. I didn't mean old. I just can't believe so many years have passed.
1: I know. I can't believe it. I know.
0: I mean, literally in a blink of an eye, I feel like we it goes back. And, um, you know, before we wrap up today, I do. Obviously, it's the vibe um, between Carrie and I talking. It's pretty obvious that we've known each other for a long time and have a, a respect for each other. But in the beginning, I really did get I was lucky to be able to try the friddle And I took it very seriously because it was something that I I, I really, really believed in. And I really, really liked. Um, and i had never seen anybody. Kind of start a company based around a product before and it was really fascinating to watch it's why i wanted to have you on the show um because your journey has been interesting and it's only 10 years in you know and i really do believe you're like this mad you know willy wonka kind of candy maker because it's just like the you know the kind of positivity and like enthusiasm that oozes from you is like that's what that's what a candy maker should be you know like if you beat a mopey candy maker what the hell (laughs) you know, you know, like it's well, you know, we always say, you know, at a tiki bar, it's like impossible to have a shitty time at a tiki bar. You know, like if you're having a shitty day as a candy maker, come on, you know, you've obviously never had an office job.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that would be such a sad life. (laughs) Uh,
0: Apologies to those of you that are stuck in an office. We feel for you. We've done it. Not, not for me. I'll, I'd rather have the arthritis and carpal tunnel and all the other high blood pressure. That's a new one for me. That's a fun one. I, uh, yeah, I'm now on high blood pressure medication. Like, what? well, how
1: do you know? It, Some of this may have organically come just because of, well, you know, we're just getting age. older. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know. I, that, that's what it was. Like I, I'm in pretty decent shape for, you know, being 44, 45, what, what am I 44? But, um, yeah, I mean, it's still age, you know, I haven't treated my body well. I've enjoyed it. You know,
1: if you want to lose five pounds. You just shave your beard off. Right.
0: That's true. That is true. I can at least fudge the scale. (laughs) Well, Carrie, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, We we get to figure out how to like get people that are listening. Frittle. So where can they find it? Where can they buy it online? What States? I mean, well, you said you're available across the country, but um, obviously um, you know, it's hard to kind of necessarily get out and, and name every single market that you might be in
1: online just online you can do newfangled confections like candy Newfangledconfections.com. com. And, uh, and everything's just, for sale everything on is, there you can get that yeah, shot everything's there if, if people are listening to this you know um end of January early February we we almost always try to put some kind of promotion related to the holiday hey promotion towards you uh,
0: Instagram you guys are you're on social media as well are you doing that personally still oh, yeah. or has that been yeah outsource to one of your, um, folks.
1: Um, no, no, I mean, everything is done as a team effort. So truly, Yeah. We've, we've got, um, we've got a writer on those and then we just, she really helps keep the brand intact, you know? I mean,
0: nice. yeah, I've noticed that it, I mean, that's a trick. That's those are things that you can't.
1: Right. Like I'll walk out of my house, forget shoes, pour coffee in my purse, but <laughs> like, I can't be responsible for brand continuity.
0: So where can people find you on social media? Is it uh, Newfangled Confections?
1: It is. It's Newfangled Confections for everything because you never know. You never know what kind of candy company we're going to fold under the umbrella, you know?
0: Well, that's right. And and I like that, that you're like, you know, plan for the success for the future um, because you don't know what it's going to grow into. And that sums you up right there maybe the episode title, like, <laughs> Plan for Your Future Success with Carrie Abbott. I'm going to do it now. Um, Carrie, thanks for coming on. And I'm hopefully we'll get to see you sooner rather than later. I, I used to see you more often when I just came to buy your candy, but now I can get it at fresh time by my house. And so they have a big uh, end cap display.
1: I should oh. just make you a big piece of Frittle, just like one huge piece, you know? Uh,
0: you know, though, there's just something... About about snacking on the tiny. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it's the, uh, the fake, uh, guilt-free experience. We're like, ah, I only had a few pieces and you look in the bag's gone, but
1: yeah, we call that indulgence in the but there are,
0: It's overindulgence, but you know, I mean, that's another thing and I, we can revisit this in the future, but I mean, that's again, part of the, uh, product development. I think they're the perfect size. And just because, and I know that that was something you played with as well in the beginning know, what is the perfect size? Because those sorts of things, it, it it seems obsessive, but it's important. And it's just like any chef that's in the kitchen, you know, do you put this on that side of the plate or on that side of the plate or how big of a piece of combo do we use or whatever? And, you know, I, I really do think that you nailed that size wise on, on that as well. So like, I totally just like what you sell already. (laughs) You You don't have to do anything special for me. You've already got me on the hook. I love your candy. Um, all right. Well, we're going to find you at Newfangled Confections, Instagram, everywhere. We're going to blow you up with messages. You're gonna, Thank you're, you, you so gonna much. Be big sales bump. My dad's going to start buying some. Um, no, wait, we can't. We have to give him insulin. Um, wait, your
1: dad listens too? That's three. No, people.
0: my dad doesn't even know what podcasts are. <laughs> right. All right. I, I just had to explain it, it as kind of like recorded radio on the internet. <laughs> that was a real conversation that happened a few weeks ago. <laughs> I will see you soon, Kennedy. Thank you so much for coming on the show. New no fango confection, folks.
1: See ya, Ed.